Pastor Jeffrey A. Johnson Sr. and the Eastern Star Baptist Church welcome you to Jewel Ministries. This television broadcast will bring you into our worship service where Jesus is exalted and the Word is explained. We encourage you now to worship God with us. If you have a need you would like someone to pray with you about, please call our prayer line at 317-591-5064. Thank you for joining us today.
Mm, I want to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Feel it. I want to feel the power your burdens to the Lord and release your soul into wisdom and let the Holy Ghost take control. Do a holy dance like David did and uh, and feel the power and feel the power 
Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego When in the fiery furnace they were thrown The Lord stepped in and brought them out And Nebuchadnezzar could no longer die Like Daniel thrown in the lion's den He knew the Lord could deliver him And the Lord brought him out With power With power like Peter cast into the jail, he remembered what the Lord had said. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So he kept the faith and never doubted, and the Lord, he brought him, he brought him out. And power, and Holy Ghost power. So when tears are streaming down your face, rent is due, no food on your plate, and you don't know which way to go, hit your knees and just look up, look to the Lord and just hold on, he'll bring you through your earthly storms with power, oh power, and Holy Ghost power, oh Holy Ghost power. And if you wanna make it through the fire, lift Jesus Christ higher and higher, and then no one will have to say, Child, our praises to Jesus' name, cause the power, oh, the Holy Ghost power, I want to feel the power, I want to feel the power, I want to feel the power. Feel it down in my, feel it down in my
of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, Lord, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you are our strength, and Lord, you are our redeemer. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's a word from the Lord in the book of Exodus, 
Exodus chapter 17. Exodus the 17th chapter, beginning with verse number 8. That 8th verse of the 17th chapter of Exodus. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. In Exodus, the 17th chapter, what I've just read in your hearing what we find is an altercation. There is a war. There is a fight that has broken out between the Amalekites and the Israelites. And this altercation that the Israelites find themselves in, this altercation follows a question. Listen to that question in verse number 7 as that 7th verse closes. It is asked, Is the Lord among us or not is the Lord among us or not have you ever asked that question have you ever wondered if God was really there have have you ever questioned the presence of God now I know that many of us been brought up in the church and we try to uh, we've been taught that you don't question God you don't ask God anything but I mean honestly now in spite of how you were brought up, have you ever asked, where is God? I mean, has, has life ever got that difficult for you? Has it ever got that hard? You were going through some stressful situation, some strain, some struggle, and you were wondering, is the Lord among us or not? Maybe sickness came into your family and disease hit your house, and you were wondering, is the Lord with me? Maybe... You got frustrated in your finance, has some friction in your family, and you, you just wonder, where is God? Maybe something happened on your job or you ruptured some relationship. Maybe you went through some kind of trial and trouble and tribulation that made you wonder, is the Lord among us or not? That's what the children of Israel are up against. And, and they were asking that question when there was a drought and some dryness in their situation. The early verses of Exodus 17 suggests that they didn't have any water and they had this thirst and no water. They had a desire that was unsatisfied and this unsatisfied desire in their life caused them to question God. When they had a need that was not met, they were wondering, is God really here? When they discovered that there was some dream that was not fulfilled, they were wondering, had God forsaken them? Maybe, maybe their question, maybe we'll better understand it in the sense that they were questioning the fact that, that if I have a desire that is not satisfied, 
does that indicate God's absence? And does his presence always mean that my desires will always be satisfied? Because then what happens when I have a need that's not met and I find myself unemployed trying to get my ends to me, then I'm thinking God has left me. Is the Lord among us or not? Is he here? Is the Lord with us? That's what they were asking. That's what they were asking. Now, this is amazing to me because God had blessed them so much. Remember, this is the same God that brought them out of bondage. This is the same God that conquered Pharaoh and his army. This is the same God that brought them through the Red Sea. This is the same God that buried their enemies in that Red Sea. Same God that turned bitter water sweet. Same God that brought them water out of a rock right where they are. And even after all of those blessings, they said, is God among us? And you know what I believe? I believe if you cannot recognize the presence of God in blessings, then he will prove his presence in battle. It is not by accident, y'all, that this altercation follows that question. Because when you don't recognize in the midst of your being blessed that God is with you, then God will prove he's with you even in the midst of battle. Somebody right now, you've been asking that question, is the Lord among us, and you have shoes on your feet. Come on, somebody. Clothes on your back. You slept with a roof over your head last night. Food on your table. Got a few dollars in your pocket. You're among the saints of God, and you're asking in blessing, is God with me? And God says, all right. Since you don't recognize I'm with you in blessing, then I'm going to prove I'm with you in battle. Sometimes God proves his presence in persecution. Sometimes God shows his faithfulness in a fight. And I discovered that's, that's really the only way if you can tell somebody's with you anyway, is in a fight. Oh, come on. You know, some people run, I got your back. Yeah, because I ain't fighting. But where are you when the fight breaks out? I, I remember when I first got called uh, to the Easter Star Church some, some nine years ago. And, and when I did, the first, first two years went real good and God brought a healing and and uh, was, was releasing the tension that had come and, and, and just souls were getting saved and lives were being changed. And for the year, first year or two, everything was going real smooth. It's what the old preacher calls the honeymoon period, right? Where the church is excited about a new pastor. The new pastor is excited about the church. The old preacher calls it a honeymoon period. So those first couple of years, things seemed to be going real well. And people in the community would say, boy, those people are really with you. They are really with you. They, they are there. And, and right or wrong, my answer, my response would be is, I don't know if they're with me or not. We haven't fought. They haven't had an opportunity to choose sides. Because I don't care how smooth it's going in your life. You don't know who's with you till you go through something. And when you go through something, now folk got a chance to prove I'm with you or not with you. I don't know. God says, since you didn't understand it in freedom, I'm going to prove my presence in a fight. And you, you notice that when, when they said, is the Lord among us or not? You notice God didn't answer. No smoke, no glory, no fire, no thunders, no lightning. God didn't say anything. Moses didn't say, yes, he's with you. The Lord is among us. None of that. Because sometimes God proves his presence in the midst of persecution. Let me show you the difficulty I had in, as far as trying to figure out how to present this gospel to you today. The difficulty is... In this passage of scripture in Exodus 17, there's so many different characters and, um, and whenever a sermon is preached or taught or even interpreted in our own study, 
we always identify with a character. And so with all these different characters, with the Amalekites and, and the Israelites and, and Joshua and, and Moses and Aaron and her, so many different characters, I wasn't sure how to present it because we always identify with a character and most of us identify with the hero. So most of us today, when I preach this, will look at themselves in the mirror and see Moses. Now that's my difficulty because all of us are not Moses. Come on, somebody. Some of us are the Amalekites. Some of us are the enemies of God. Some of us are attackers of the people of God and the purpose and the preachers of God. You know who the Amalekites are? Those are descendants of Esau. The Israelites are descendants of Jacob, and we know Esau and Jacob were fighting even in their mother's wombs as twins. And that fight still hasn't stopped. So here, here are some people who will not let a fight die, and they keep bringing the same thing back up at you. Back, matter of fact, the fight is the same even though the faces have changed. Some of us are the Amalekites. And then some of us are the children of Israel themselves, complaining and murmuring and fussing and Come on, somebody. And then some of us are Joshua, the people who get in the trenches and fight the battle. Some of us are, are the Aaron's and the Her who will hold up the hands of the man of God. And yes, some of us are Moses. So I need you to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you so that you might identify with the character that closely associates with you so that you can get to the place God wants you to be. And I say that because each of those characters represent a sermon in themselves, but I'm going to present it from the perspective of Moses because Moses teaches us a lot of stuff in here. Moses knows that this fight breaks out in verse number eight, this fight with the Amalekites. He tells Joshua, he tells Joshua in verse nine, go out and fight. I'm going up to the top of the hill tomorrow. Now, we learn lessons on Moses' journey to the top of that hill because all of us in one area or another are trying to get to the top. Some of us are trying to go higher in our walk with God. Some of us are trying to go higher in our careers. Some of us are trying to go higher in education. Some of us are trying to go higher in politics. And there is some area of life that you are trying to climb the ladder of success. But on your way up, Moses has a message for us. Number one, on your way up to the top, make sure you take what God gave you when you were at the bottom. It says, it says right here in this passage uh, in, in verse 9, and Moses said unto Joshua, choose, choose us out men and go out fight with, with Amalekite, with the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, now watch this, with the rod of God in my hand. Make sure that when you go up, that you don't lay down what God gave you when you were at the bottom. See, the rod represents the power of God that God dealt with Moses when he first met him. Now, even though now time has gone on and Moses is higher than he was, Moses, you can't lay down what you got when you were at the bottom. That's what some of us do. When we're at the bottom, we hold on to the things of God. But then when God starts elevating us, come on now. Well, y'all don't see, let me see if I can prove it. Y'all don't seem to be getting this. There was somebody, when you were at the bottom, when you couldn't hardly find a job, you were at church every time the door opened. But now God has given you a position at the top, and you don't even have time to come into the house of the Lord anymore. Don't throw down at the top what got you there in the first place. Some of us, when we were at the bottom, couldn't get ends to meet could barely pay our bills we would give our tithe and give everything we had but now 
that God has elevated us and opened the windows of heaven. Now we talk about we make too much money to tithe. Don't throw down at the top what got you there in the first place. Some of us, when we were at the bottom and all we had was that one shirt and tie and that one dress, we'd wash it after Sunday and then put it on the next Sunday. We were at church any and every time, but now God has opened the windows of heaven and done some things. Now we talk about we don't have anything to wear. Don't you dare throw down what you had at the bottom, which is what got you to the top. He took his rod with him, took his rod with him. And when he got there, the Bible said he raised his hand. He lifted his hands. He held up what God gave him at the bottom. See, you got to understand something. Whatever God gives to you, it'll work at any level. Moses, it'll work in Pharaoh's house. It'll work at the Red Sea. It'll work when, when bitter waters need to be turned sweet in Mara. It'll work at Rephidim. It doesn't matter where you are. When you have what God gave you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and get filled with the Holy Ghost, I don't care where you find him at the bottom or the top. It works, I tell you. It works. Some of us, when we were at the bottom, it was Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noonday, and now Jesus in the midnight hour. But now look at you. You got a decent suit on and work a decent job and got two people working under you and can't even call his name. If Jesus worked at the bottom, I wish I had somebody that understands he works at the top. Don't throw down what God gave to you when you were at the bottom. Also, on your way to the top, not only hold on to what God gave to you in the first place, but on your way to the top, don't go up by yourself. Yeah, and I'm still in the word of God. And in verse number 10, Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, not by himself, but with Aaron and her, went to the top of the hill. On your way up in your walk with God, on your way up in your political agenda, on your way up in your social agenda, on your way up in your career, educational, economically, with your career, your job, whatever it is, on your way up, don't go up by yourself. Well, one reason you're going to find out you're going to need somebody when you get up there. But the other side of that is when God takes you up, it's not just for you. And you got to make sure that as you go up and you take somebody with you, I don't care if you're at the top or the bottom, be careful who you surround yourself with. Because who you surround yourself with will determine how high you get anyway. Let me show you what I mean. Moses surrounded himself with someone that could follow instruction and others who were headed in his same direction. Verse 10 says, and, and Joshua did as Moses said. He can follow instruction. You, you want to know why some of us never get to the level God wants us to be? Because we're hanging around with folk that won't follow God's instruction. I heard, I heard one preacher who was having um, a skirmish at his church, had a little church storm going on and and he said he said to me he said one of the things they're accusing me of he said they said i'm i'm stacking the deacon board with yes men and the trustees they said i'm putting yes men all around me he said and and, and my committees and staff i keep putting on all these yes men and he said my response to them is what do y'all want me to put on no men that when the Bible says love one another even as your, love your enemies even though they despitefully use you, you don't need somebody that'll say no. That when the Bible says go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you don't need somebody to say no. 
When the Bible says, as you go preach that the kingdom of God is at hand, you don't need somebody to say, you need somebody that'll say yes to his will and yes to his way and yes to his, we don't need no men. We need some yes men and some yes women who will follow the instructions of God. And then Moses made sure he surrounded himself with folk that were headed in the direction he was going. You know why he took Aaron and her with him? Because they were going in the same direction. Somebody right now, you got to understand something. You cannot be at the top and hang out with folk who are low down. It's, it's impossible. It is impossible for God to lift you up and raise you up, and there you are at the top, and at the same time, you're hanging out with low down folk. It's impossible. It's impossible. What's going to have to happen is either they're going to have to come up to your level, or you got to come down to their level. And you know what I discovered? Oftentimes when I'm running with low-down folk, they didn't come up to me. I went down to them. And when you run with low-down folk, they have a way of pulling you down. No wonder the Bible said, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's not just talking about marriage. That's talking about any arena, any area of life. You got to be careful that you surround yourself with folk headed in the direction you're going and listening to the instruction of God. Moses, on your way up, take the power of God with you. It works at any level. On your way up, don't go up by yourself. Surround yourself with some people that can follow instruction and that are headed, that's headed in the same direction you're going. Something else, too, on your way to the top, uh, you, you got to be careful. When the Lord elevates you and brings you up, gets you to a certain level, you got to be careful what you do up there. Because what you do up there affects others below. What you do at the top of the hill affects those who are at the bottom. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm in, I'm in verse 11. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, he's at the top of the mountain now, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. What Moses did at the top, when he raised his hands, children of Israel were winning. When he lowered his hands, children of Israel were losing. What he did at the top affected those who were at the bottom. Matter of fact, when Moses got to the top, you know the first thing he did? He lifted his arms. He lifted both arms. He's, you know, that's a, that is the universal sign of surrender when you lift both arms. When, when he surrendered to God at the top, the people were victorious at the bottom. You want to know why some of us are never victorious? Because we never surrender to them. Y'all do know that lifting your hands is a universal sign of surrender. If somebody in America puts a gun in your back, what's the first thing you do? <laughs> you lift your hands. I give up. What if you were in Africa? Somebody put a gun in your back. You lift your hands and surrender. What if you were in Europe? Lift your hands. What if you were in Japan? Lift your hands. That is the universal sign of surrender. And the reason why you don't have to get disturbed when people start lifting holy hands before the Lord, it may be that person is saying, God, I surrender all to thee I freely give. It's a surrender. And when Moses surrendered, the children of Israel were victorious. Now, that's a paradox in itself because if you surrender, you give up. And, and when he gave up, they won. That's what you got to learn. God always operates in paradoxes that if you want to go up, go down first. If you want to get something, give something. If you want to gain life, lose your life. 
And if you want to win, you got to give up. Come on, somebody. When you surrender, God has a way of putting a victory in your life. I ain't getting much help, but I'm sure being blessed by this today myself. What you do at the top affects those at the bottom. I wish somebody would tell our president that. Be careful what you sign at the top, Mr. President, because it's affecting those of us who are at the bottom. I wish somebody would tell the governor that. Be careful what you do and the stands you take, Mr. Governor, at the top. It's affecting the rest of us at the bottom. I wish somebody would tell the mayor that. What you do on the 25th floor in downtown Indianapolis at the top is affecting the rest of us down here at the bottom. I wish somebody would tell church leaders and Christian educators that, that what you do at the top affects the others at the bottom. I wish somebody would tell fathers and husbands who are to be the heads of their homes that what you do at the top affects your wife and your children who are under you. We need somebody who will take a stand at the top. That's all I'm trying to say. What you do at the top affects those at the bottom. And remember now, you just left the bottom. We run around like we really got it going on. No, you just left the bottom. Just bought a house, can hardly afford to pay for it. Come on. Got a car that the bank owns. I wish I had somebody. You just left the bottom. And you wouldn't even be at the top if it wasn't for those fighting at the bottom. As, a, as an African-American people, y'all, we make more now as a people than we've ever made. We drive better than we've ever driven. We live in houses in, a, in, a, in ways that we've never lived before. We hold positions we never held before. As a people, we are on our way to the top as a people. But the only reason we are where we are is because of others who had fought at the bottom. See, if it wasn't for the fight in civil rights at the bottom, come on now, we wouldn't be where we are. You couldn't go in the front door if somebody hadn't walked through the back. I, I, I thank God that, that, that where I am, I'm not at the top, but I am on my way. And even as I go to the top, I got to understand that even though I, I hold a certain position and have certain influence, and I'm at a certain level at, with my finances and all that kind of stuff and live in a decent house, drive a decent car, all the physical stuff as well as, as the other things that the God has blessed me with, I already know I wouldn't be where I am if it hadn't been for your grandmother and mine, your grandfather and mine, who did some things at the bottom, come on, who rode the back of the bus, who had to stand in certain places, who had to go to jail, who had to deal with water hoses and dogs. If it wasn't for the fight at the bottom, I wish y'all could pick this up today. We wouldn't be near the top. That's why when we get to a certain level, y'all, we got to remember, while I'm up here, there's still some others down there. And what I do up here has an effect on those who are down there. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the, the Bible said when Moses lifted his hands, when Moses lifted his hands in, in verse number 11, children of Israel were winning. When he let them down, they were losing. This is at the top now. When he raised them, they were winning. When he lowered them, they were losing. They went up, they were victorious. Let them down, they were defeated. Moses had an up and down religion. One moment he was up. Next thing you know, he was down. Y'all know what an up and down religion is. One day you're holy. Next day you're hellish. One day righteous. Next day wretched. 
One day praising, next day poison. Y'all know what an up and down religion is. One day running with saints, next day hanging out with sinners. One day singing the songs of Zion, next day singing secular songs with sinful sexual suggestions because we got an up and down religion. But what you do at the top affects those at the bottom. Up and down. And, and you, know why, you know why Moses was up and down? Because he was trying to do it by himself. When his hands went up, he was trying to hold them up by himself. And, they came. and when you try to walk in this thing off, that's why I'm telling you, on your way up, you better take somebody with you because you're going to need somebody every now and then to help prop you up on every leaning side. Now, now watch this. When, when he was inconsistent at the top, they were inefficient at the bottom. Sometimes ineffective, ineffective laity sometimes points to inconsistent leadership. See, when we make up our minds that as leaders, we're going to take a stand and we're going to be consistent for the Lord, then we will find efficiency among the people of God. But when the leadership is not right, how can the people be right? Moses, keep your hands up. It's hard. And I know it's hard because in verse 12 it says his hands got heavy. Y'all in the Bible? Exodus 17, verse 12, and his hands were heavy. Hands were heavy, but Moses, you got to keep them up. People are dependent on you, but my hands are heavy. But before the verse was over, it says, and his hands were steady. How do you go from having hands that are heavy to hands that are steady? Well, you got to look and see what's sandwiched between the heavy and the steady. Well, what did he have between going from heavy to steady? One thing he had, he had something to rest on. And the other thing he had, he had others he could rely on. Y'all, when his hands got heavy, you know what Aaron and her did? Went and got a rock, verse 12. Put it under him. Moses, you can't stand by yourself. You need a rock you can rest on. Oh, y'all ain't get. Y'all do know Jesus is the rock. And I don't know about you, but when times get hard and hands get heavy, we need to make sure it's on Christ, the solid rock I stand, because all other ground is sinking sand. Get you something. You get someone you can, you can rest on. You need Jesus Christ. Then you got to get somebody you can rely on. That's why you got to be careful who you take to the top with you. Watch it now. Watch it now. Watch it. He had Aaron on one side. We all know Aaron. He's a priest. He knows about prayer. He had her on the other side. Who is her? Most of us don't don't know who her is. Whoever he is, he's very practical because he knows how to get a rock and prop up his preacher. Come on. He's a very practical person. He can look and see what his pastor needs and run and gets it and provides it for him. He's practical, her on one side. Prayer is Aaron on the, oh, I like this. Maybe I like it because I'm identifying with Moses. I'm violating my own principle. I'm identifying with the hero because when my hands get heavy near the top, I need somebody that'll pray for me on one side, somebody that'll prop me up with practicality on the one other side. See, somebody, you know why you keep falling? Because you only handle in one side. Somebody got a lot of prayer going on this side, but you ain't doing nothing over here. And somebody, you're trying to do a lot of work on this side, but you ain't got no prayer on this side. You need to spend some time in prayer, but when you get through praying, you ought to get up and do something practical. Do I have a witness in this place somewhere? Need somebody. You need, and understand something too, you don't have to be popular to hold somebody up. 
Oh, yeah, we all know Aaron, the priest. We know him. Most of y'all don't know who her is. He's only found in Scripture a couple other times. But the time we know him most, he's holding somebody up. Oh, that's a, that's a good way to be known anyway. Folk trying to make a name for them. Forget trying to make a name for yourself. That person next to you is getting ready to fall. We need somebody that don't care about their name who's willing to hold somebody else up. Oh, let me, let me show you something. Let me show you what happens when you start holding other folk up. Come here, Moses. Lift your hands, Moses. No, lift both hands. When they're up, we're winning. Don't you become inconsistent now because your inconsistency at the top is going to make us inefficient at the bottom. Hold your hands up. Ah, but when my leader Moses' hands get tired, if I'm her, I got to learn how to hold him up. But watch when I hold his hands up where mine are. God makes it so if I hold somebody else up, he's able to keep me up. Go on, Moses. Have a seat on that rock. Hallelujah. Anybody in here ever help somebody else? Won't it come back on you? You ever love somebody else? Won't love come back to you? You ever lifted somebody else? Won't God lift you up? I wish I had a witness in here somewhere. We need some folk who are willing to hold somebody else up. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they held him up. They were winning the battle. And a matter of fact, the Bible says in verse 13, and Joshua discomforted Amalek. You know why? Because when Moses went up, he did not abandon his people. He advanced them. See, some of us, when you go up, you know you got a choice. When God lifts you up and out of a situation, you, you can either abandon us or you can advance us. God told Joshua, you go out and fight, I'm going up. Joshua did what Moses said, but you know they had a lot of complaining folk in that congregation. And you know somebody said, look at him. Fight his own, he's abandoning us. And, and, and Moses wasn't abandoning them. Moses said, I'm going up so that I can help advance you. See, as God lifts up certain people, y'all, we don't have to talk about them. God may be lifting them up. They're not, just because they got lifted up out of a certain community doesn't mean they, they have abandoned us. They may be advancing us. Oh, let me, let me show you what I mean. There, there were two African Americans who went up to the top of the hill in D.C., U.S. Supreme Court Justice. One of them advanced us. The other one has abandoned us. Y- y'all don't know your, your history and your news. Thurgood Marshall is an African-American lawyer who advanced to the top of the hill. And when he became a U.S. Supreme Court justice, he advanced his people. Clarence Thomas followed right behind him, got to the top of the hill, a U.S. Supreme Court justice, and he abandoned us. And the other day he said he's against affirmative action. Now you're against it. Some of y'all catch that a little later. But when you were at the bottom, you wasn't against it. Now you at the top, don't abandon us when God lifts you up. Do I have a witness in this place? Don't you throw down what God has used to advance his people. Y'all, when God lifts you up, it ain't just for you. When he brings you out, somebody's still in. When he gives you deliverance, somebody's still struggling. When he brought you that degree, there's some child that needs you to reach back and give them a hand. Let them know you can make, they can make it. Give them a few dollars and some encouragement. Oh, y'all don't seem to be getting this. It ain't just for you. Advance somebody when God lifts you up. And they won the battle. 
It says that, that Joshua discomforted. He overwhelmed the Amalekites. When he did, God told Moses, write it down. Y'all know y'all got some bad memories. Write it down. And then he said, rehearse it. He told him to print it and proclaim it. Print it because you got some literate people that can read it. Proclaim it because you got some illiterate people that need to hear it. But either way, you got to get the word out. Print it. Some people are visual. They got to see what's going on. Proclaim it. Some people learn orally. But either way, you got to get the word out. Here's what I want to come to right here. Why did he say in verse number 14, rehearse it in Joshua's ear? There were over a million folk, and Joshua was not the only one that was fighting at the bottom. They had a bunch of people that were fighting. Why just rehearse it in Joshua's ear? Joshua wasn't the only one at the bottom. Joshua wasn't the only one that needed to know. Why just in Joshua's ear? You know why? Joshua's at the bottom now. But he wasn't going to stay there. See, we just meet Joshua. You see, sometimes, y'all, if you're going to get to the top, you're going to have to fight at the bottom. God's not just going to pick you up and lift. No, 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 no. God needs somebody who's willing to go out and fight on his behalf. And your fight at the bottom is what's going to move you to the top. Joshua, you at the bottom now, but you ain't going to stay there. God's been watching your faithfulness. God's been seeing what you do. God's been seeing who you choose. And the God I serve is able to take you from the bottom to the top. Do I have a witness in here? Oh, my, my middle son taught me a lesson. We went to Promise Keepers in Chicago, and we had lunch at the, had dinner at the hotel. And when we had dinner at the hotel, the, the waitress came and brought everybody their food. And then finally, gave Jordan his food last. She gave my other sons their food, gave me my food, gave our guests their food. Finally, she gave him his plate last. Jordan looked up at her and said, I'm first. Oh, y'all don't seem to be getting this. God operates in a paradox. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. You may be at the bottom now, baby, but when God gets through with you, he's going to raise you up to the top. And you didn't know that till you got in your fight. The question started off, is the Lord among us? And God didn't say anything. But I wonder now if we know. After the altercation, maybe now we can get an answer to the question. Come here, Joshua. Is the Lord among us? Yes, he is. He is Jehovah Nisi. He's the Lord that fights my battles. He's with me because no weapon formed against me was able to prosper. Come here, Aaron. Is the Lord with us or not? He's with us because when I was praying for Moses, God was winning for us. Just a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He'll hear your faintest cry. Won't he answer? By and by, just a little talk with Jesus makes everything all right. Come here, her. Is the Lord with us or not? Yes, he is. Because when I held up Moses, God held up me. Come here, Moses. Is the Lord with us or not? Yes, he is. He can pick you up. He can turn you around. He can place your feet on solid ground. 
come here, Amalekites. I know you're the enemy, but is God with his people or not? Yes, he is. They couldn't have beat us if the Lord had not been on their side. Even your enemies will know God is on your side because God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Is the Lord among us? Come here, single parent. Is the Lord with you or not? He'll help you raise your children. Come here, unemployed man. Is the Lord with you or not? He'll help you pay your bills. He'll put food on your table. He'll put shoes on your feet. Come here, young man without a daddy. Is God with you or not? He's a father to the fatherless. He's a mother to the motherless. Come here, lonely person. Is God with you or not? He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. Come here, lost person. Is God with you or not? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Since I can't get a witness in here, come here, Jeffrey Johnson. Is the Lord with you or not? I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised, didn't he promise? He promised, didn't he promise? He promised never to leave you alone. No, never alone. There ought to be a witness in here somewhere. Is the Lord among us? Is the Lord with you? I know you're going through something. I know you're in the midst of trouble, but I need somebody to testify. Is the Lord with you? You need to thank God for your mountains. Thank God for your valleys. Thank him for all he's brought you through. If you never had a problem, if you've never been sick, if you've never gone without, if you've never had folk talk about you, if you never had folk lie on you, if you never had folk run out on you, how would you know God could solve them? How would you know what faith in his word could do? Through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned to trust in God. Through it all, I learned to depend upon his word. Is the Lord with you? 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 Then give him the praise in this place. I've had some good days and I've had some sleepless nights. I've had some weary days. But when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. And I can't talk for you. But I won't complain. 
God's been good to me more than this old world could ever be. So I'll just say, hey, hey, thank you. Y'all excuse me. Thank you when I had to cry last night. Thank you when I didn't know which way to turn. Thank you when I didn't know I was going to pay my rent. Thank you when my body was sick. Thank you when folk walked out of my life. Thank you when friends stabbed me in my back. Somebody's wondering, why are you thanking him for all of that? Because if I hadn't been through all of that, I couldn't appreciate all of this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, he's with me. If there's anybody here that knows the Lord is with you, why don't you give him the praise? Yes, 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 yes. I got to close, I got to close, I got to close, I got to close. But the question is not, is he with us? The question is, am I with him? Have I got a witness? Won't he save you? Won't he raise you? Won't he make a way? Won't he help you pay your bills? Won't he help you raise your children? Can you say yes? I know, I know my time is up. I know, I know y'all got a picnic to go to. But somebody needs wants to know, is the Lord among us? If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be if it hadn't been for God? You couldn't save yourself. You couldn't lift yourself. You couldn't answer all. God is in this situation. Do I have a witness in here? Won't he show up in your situation? Won't he walk with you? Won't he talk with you? Won't he tell you that you're his own? Can you say yeah? Yes, he will. 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 Yes, yep, yep. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all excuse me. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Y'all excuse me. But when I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, how he set me free, I just. Yeah. When I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, how he set me free, I just shout, 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 shout all night.
think of his goodness, what he's done for me. When I think of his goodness, I set me free. I just jump, 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 jump all night. Yes. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Hallelujah. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. But when you've been through what I've been through, when you've had to deal with what I've had to deal with,